Ezra chapter 5. Actually, we're going to read a little bit from chapter 4 and then, and then chapter 5. I don't know if um, I was thinking, you know, wow, I don't, I don't remember ever learning what the connection between Ezra 4, 5, and 6 and Revelation 3, 14. I did not, I mean, I must have missed it or been misbehaving and not paying attention in Sunday school and, you know, in my younger days when, 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 they, when they showed us that. But it's just another example. If, I, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't been to a uh, big church yet, but just the parallels between uh, John, Jesus' revelation to John about the church in Laodicea and the very things that, that Israel is going through in the 6th century B.C. So think about it and, and then you can help me put all these, these pieces together. But, but just for the, the context and the, and the setting, let's read uh, it, the first five verses of, of chapter 4 and then verse 24 of chapter 4, and then we'll jump into 25. And you're, and you're saying, well, maybe you'll read slow, and then it'll be time to go by the time you read all that. I'm going to read as fast as, as I can using my finger so that I, you know, keep it all straight. So, Ezra chapter 4. Now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the returned exiles were building a temple, so remember Israel has gone back to Jerusalem from Babylonian captivity, Cyrus the Great, the, the, the first king of, or the king of Persia at this time, had, had conquered all of Babylon, conquered the whole world, had this massive territory from, from India down to Ethiopia. And, and he, he said he made a decree that, that Israel be returned to, to Jerusalem to build a temple to the Lord to the God of heavens. And this actually fulfilled what Jeremiah the prophet had, had written over 70 years before that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and he said, after 70 years I will punish Babylon. And that's happened. Israel, uh, Judah, Jerusalem, they have gone back to Jerusalem uh, to, to rebuild the temple. And as soon as they get there, they build an altar, they start those sacrifices, they put down, they begin the foundation of the work of the temple. And what happens? Satan attacks them. The adversaries begin to pounce on them. We're at the end. Where are we? The adversaries of Judah, Benjamin, heard that returned exiles were building a temple to the Lord, the God of Israel. They approached Zerubbabel and the heads of the fathers' houses and said to them, Let us build with you, for we worship your God as you do. And we have been sacrificing to him ever since the days of Esherhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the heads of the fathers' houses in, in Israel said to them, You have nothing to do with us in building a house to our God. But we alone will build the house, will build to the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia. 
even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Okay, skip over to verse 24 now, down to verse 24, still in chapter 4. Then the work on the house of God that is in Jerusalem stopped, and it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So they went back, they started worshiping, they started sacrificing to God on the altar. Remember, the altar is part of the temple complex, like the big outside, but it is not inside the temple, but it is it is considered part of the temple. They're, they're making daily offerings, that burnt offerings, that that ask the Lord's favor, it seeks the Lord's favor, and it and it symbolizes Israel's total surrender to the Lord. They also made their sin offerings and and new moon offerings and, and those sort of things. But but the but the writer pointed out how they, they made those those burnt offerings. And and as soon as they begin that, they put down the foundation. There's a large cheer, a, a big cheer from the people, but some are weeping. Like, why are they weeping? Then the adversaries come and the work is stopped. Now, we, we don't always do well in, in, in thinking back in, in just the short history, you know, in, as far as world history, that the, the United States of America, just our short, you know, from, say, 1776 to now, um, in, in another five years, it's going to be the, the bicentennial plus 50. I'm not sure what they're going to call that. Remember, Texas had one, the sesquicentennial, back in 1986. Uh, it's going to be the bi-sesquicentennial. I don't know what they'll call it. But 250 years from, from, from the Declaration of Independence. We don't always get our history right. You know, it's like who was president after, um, is it, was it, I better pick one I know. <laughs> after Andrew Jackson. Who was president after Andrew Jackson? I mean, that was less than, we don't do that well. Well, it was Martin Van Buren, and you can look it up, and I'm almost certain I'm right. But So we know even less about Persian history. And so we read through that, it's like, oh, well, it, the work stopped from the time of Cyrus. It started in King Cyrus, and it stopped until the, the reign of King uh, Darius. Well, we're talking about 16, maybe 17 years that the work stopped. They went back. They were excited to go back, even though all of the Jews didn't go back. Some close to 50,000 of them went back to, uh, to, to Jerusalem. They began the work, and then the, the adversary and adversaries, the adversary Satan and his little minions, the people there living in, in Jerusalem and the surrounding area, pounced on them. They, they tried to get them to help. Well, we'll help you. We worship the same God. Well, they didn't. Maybe they did, but they also worshiped a whole bunch of other gods too. And, and, and Israel, the leaders were wise and said, no, we don't want your help. So what did they do then? Then, then they began to, to discourage them. They made them afraid. They bribed counselors, which is, a, 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 I think, a, a, an, another word for they hired lobbyists to go against them and, 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 and send letters to the king. It stopped for about 16 years. How in the world are they going to start again? I mean, 16 years. 
I have a few projects that are at home that are probably that that old. And, and you know, this time of year when you weed eat, you know, you never get through weed eating. It doesn't matter. You just, I don't, I, I give up. That's all I can do today. You know, your whole body's shaking and your hand's shaking and, and, and it's, okay, I'm just going to stop and I'll get back on it tomorrow or tomorrow's tomorrow and, and you keep going. They stop for 16 years. How do they get going again? Would you say... Okay, let's read chapter 5 and, and, then, and then bring in what, what these prophets do. Well, I'll tell you how they got started. God moved them. God started them again. He gave them a kick start. He really, by the words of Haggai the prophet, he kicked them in the pants and got them going. And we would probably do well to realize the times when God is kicking us in the pants to get us going and, and not just ignore what he has put before us. Let's, let's start reading in, in chapter 5. Now the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, Edo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Jerusalem, Judah and Jerusalem, and in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, arose and began to rebuild the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At the same time, Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and Shethar, Bozanai, and their associates came to them and spoke to them thus, Who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? They also asked them this, what are the names of the men who are building this building? But the eye of their God was on the elders of the Jews, and they did not stop them until the report should reach Darius, and then an answer be returned by a letter concerning it. The, they, the opposition began again. They had stopped for 16 years, and so that their adversaries didn't need to do anything. I don't need to worry about these people. Sometimes that maybe that's how it is with, with, with temptations in, in our life. It's like, well, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm ever tempted or Satan ever tempts me. Well, maybe it's because we're not doing anything. I don't need to worry about him. So they, they stopped the adversary for 16 years. Now they get going again, and boom, here comes the, you know, more inquiries. Now it's kind of interesting. You've got Cyrus the Great, was, was the king of Persia, and, and, and after he died about uh, 530 B.C., his son, Cambyses, became, became king, but he only ruled a, a, a short time until this, this uh, Egyptian who was in the, you know, part of the administration and, 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 and I think maybe even in the army, Gamato, revolted against Cambyses and killed him. So now you're looking at Cyrus and then Cambyses and then Gamatu. Gamatu didn't last very long until Darius, a, a, a general, overthrew him. So now we're, we're four uh, administrations, four kings away. So this is a new governor 
and new officials in the province beyond the river. That's going to be everything west of the Euphrates River. That's what Persia called um, Samaria, Syria, Judah, everything on that side of, on the west side of, uh, of, of the Euphrates was called the province beyond the river. So you've got a, a, a new governor. He doesn't know. He wasn't part of that uh, administration 16 years earlier that, that Cyrus said, go back and build the, the decree. So he's an adversary, but not maybe not quite as bad as those in chapter 4, that, he's, that he's, he, he's really doing his job in service of the king. So they, Haggai and Zechariah, they, they come in the, and they preach to the Jews, but also to the leaders. And, and the people uh, says that the prophets were with them. They began rebuilding. And here comes Tadani, the governor, and he wants to know, who gave you permission? And what are the names of all these people that are working on it? I'm going to send that to the king just so he knows. Kind of like, by all indications, they tell them that, you know, who it is. And, and, and they tell him who, the, who, who, who uh, gave them permission. But the work did not stop. Why did the work not stop? God was with them. It's, I mean, that's, that's probably the number one thing that we can glean from this passage concerning God. He was with His children as they were building the, the temple, as they were doing His work. It's one of those but God passages, you know, like, 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 and, and, I, and we may have talked about it last week. I think it's Genesis 50. You know, Joseph tells his brothers, you meant it for bad, but God meant it for good. You know, that, 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 that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were, we were sinners, but Christ died for us. And, and, and God steps in and, and sends his prophets. All of this was initiated by God. He moved Cyrus to let the children of Israel go back to Jerusalem. They began building. Here comes the adversaries. He, God's purpose is for the temple to be rebuilt and for Jerusalem to, to be rebuilt. And he, he sends his prophets when the, the children of, of Israel fail. What are some reasons why they stopped? They were afraid. They were discouraged. When, when we look at just briefly at, at, at Haggai, toward the end of the Old Testament, that he, he, he writes his actually four sermons that he preached there in, in just, uh, I think it's about a two, three-month three month period in the second year of King Darius, in the sec, uh, Haggai 1, in the second year of Darius the king in the sixth month on the first day of the month. It's kind of interesting. That he, he gives us exactly when it happened. And, and, and archaeologists and scholars can go back and they say it is August the 20th, 520 B.C. Did I get that right? I think there's a note in the ESV um, somewhere around that there, August 20th or 29th, um, that, that, he, that this is the message that, that he gave. The word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, 
Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. It's not time. we got other things to do. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in houses, in your paneled houses, while this house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does not does so to put them in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the hills and bring wood and, and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may glorify, says the Lord, the Lord. You look for much and behold, it came too little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house, therefore the the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce and I have called for a drought on the land and the hills on the grain, the new wine, the oil and what the ground brings forth on man and beast and all the, the laborers. They heard that message. God sent that message and, and it moved them. God moved them by telling them, why is my house not being built? Why is my work sitting at a standstill. You say, it's not yet time. We don't have time. We're going to, tomorrow we will begin work. For 16 years, they, they said that. But did it stop them from building their own houses? No. They were putting everything before the, the, the work of the Lord. It sounds a lot like apathy or as, as one of my favorite law enforcement people of past times would say apathy. Apathy. Barney Fife on Andy Griffith. This has got to be, I've never seen the, the, you know, there's like a Bible study based on episodes of Andy Griffith. And, and when Corey was, was talking about the church at Laodicea and just the parallel in comparison to how many times we are as individual Christians, as churches, and, and it just popped into my mind, apathy, because he said apathy. And, and, and Barney's like, you know, why is all this happening? It's apathy, apathy. And he's like, and Andy's like, what? And, and it's, it's just when, when we don't seem to care about the work of the Lord. But we care about everything else. And it, and it's, and it produces that, that lukewarm result that, that Jesus told the church of Laodicea, I will, I will spew you out of my, out of my mouth. And, and Israel had, had become that in 536 B.C. to 520 B.C. When they, when they stopped building, they stopped that task and they concentrated on everything else. Let's read the, the letter that Tatani sends to King uh, Darius. Verses 6 through uh, 17 there in, in chapter 5 is, is the letter or Ezra's uh, 
account of the letter that Tatanai sends. This is a copy of the letter that Tatanai, the governor of the province beyond the river, and, and Shethar, Bozani, and his associates, the governors who were in the province beyond the river, sent to Darius the king. They sent him a report in which was written as follows, to Darius the king, all peace, be it known to the king that we went to the province of Judah and to the house of the great God. It is being built with huge stones and timbers and laid in the wall, and timber is laid in the walls. This work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. Then we asked those elders and spoke to them thus, who gave you a decree to build this house and to finish this structure? Who also asked them their names for your, we also asked them their names for your information that we might write down the names of their leaders. And this was their reply to us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the house that was built many years ago, which, which a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our fathers had angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this house and carried away the people of Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, Cyrus the king made a decree that this house of God should be rebuilt. And the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple that was in Jerusalem and brought into the temple of Babylon, these Cyrus the king took out of the temple of Babylon, and they, and they were delivered to one whose name was, was Sheshbazar, whom he made governor. And he said to him, take these vessels, go and put them in the temple that is in Jerusalem, and let the, let the house of God be rebuilt on its site. Then this Sheshbazar came and laid the foundation of the house of God that is in Jerusalem, and from that time until now it has been in building, and it is not yet finished. Therefore, if it seems good to the king, let search be made in the royal archives there in Babylon to see whether a decree was issued by Cyrus the king for rebuilding of this house and of God in Jerusalem, and let the king send us his pleasure in this matter. Tatanai, he, he wants to make sure he's doing everything to protect the king's interest, to, to protect uh, Darius. Uh, the Bible calls him Darius. Uh, the history knows him as Darius the Great. You had Cyrus the Great, a couple of lesser kings, and then Darius the Great. He is a, a mighty king in control of this whole Persian empire. Tatanai is the governor of the province beyond the river. His, his headquarters are in Samaria, north of, uh, of, of Jerusalem, the, the town of, of Samaria. And, and they, they send this letter and he says, just so you know, there's these people in Jerusalem and they're rebuilding a house to, 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 the God, to, to God. They're using big stones and timber. They're, 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 uh, we, we spoke to them and asked them, who gave you permission? And, 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 and when you read through it, 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 they do tell him, Cyrus gave us permission. You know, look and see if you can find the decree. Remember back, just Esther, Daniel. When a Persian king made a decree, what could change it? Nothing. You know, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because it was a different Darius. 
uh, but that they, they, they said, make a decree that nobody pray to anyone for 30 days except for you, O king. Daniel's not going to pray to a man. He continues to pray three times a day to the God of heaven, and he's thrown into the lion's den, and God sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth, and he wasn't, he wasn't hurt. The same thing, you know, with, with, uh, with, with the decree that Haman talked Ahasuerus, the king, this is later than where we are now, eventually tells, uh, talks Xerxes into issuing a decree that on this day all the Jews in the kingdom are to be killed, destroyed, and annihilated, and we're going to take plunder of all their houses. The decree could not be changed. Cyrus has made this decree. It can't be changed, but nobody remembers it. You know, it was 16, 17 years prior to this. And so Tatani, he's not a total bad guy, but he's, you know, he's also got his interest is primarily for Tatani. I want to make sure I'm covered. If these people build a temple under my nose and they're not supposed to, then I'm the first one with my head on the block. So he sends this this letter to King Darius saying, hey, these people are building a temple. They claim that, that Cyrus gave them permission. But notice also, has Israel's attitude or uh, what would stamina, stamina is not the right word, attitude, perspective changed any after the preaching of God's Word from before. What did, what did they tell him? He said, who, who, are, who are you guys building this temple? What are you doing? And they say, we're from the tribe of Judah. No. What do they say? Look at verse 11. We are servants of the God of heaven and earth. We're not servants of the God of Jerusalem, like Darius might be a servant of the God of Susa. We're servants of the God of everything, heaven and earth. They, they identify with, with the Lord, not, not their family, you know, their, their ancestors. Yes, they can trace back their roots multiple generations, but, but, but they first identify as servants of the God of heaven. But what else do they say? Why are we rebuilding this temple? They go back to why does the temple need to be rebuilt? They're, they're really, they're confessing that we're here because we deserve to be here. We're here because we were in Babylon. We deserved to be in, in Babylon. It says we're rebuilding the house that a great king of Israel built but because our fathers angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who destroyed this house and carried away the people of Babylon. Is that... How significant is that, that they're willing to admit that? And if I could have figured out another a way to get that in that sentence... One more time, I would have done it. How significant is it that, that they say our fathers angered the God of heaven 
and he raised up Nebuchadnezzar to destroy this temple and take us to Babylon in captivity. How significant is it that someone realize I'm a sinner and I cannot save myself? The only thing that will bring me salvation is believing in Jesus Christ and, and repenting and asking Him into our lives, receiving Him as our Savior. And then as we walk with the Lord, re repenting, confessing our sins daily or hourly or minute by minute or second by second, you know, when, when, when we sin. I, I think Israel, got, at what prompted that? God sent the prophets and He said, what are you doing you're building your own houses. You're, you're forgetting why you're here. And, and, and they repented. They, they even tell the great king, who's not the one that sent them back, and some of these, you know, people were probably uh, elementary age or early teenagers when they went back. You know, this is 16 years later. You know, so, so, so if a 10-year-old a went back, he's 26 years old. Those are the guys you want doing the heavy labor, right, when you're building a temple. I mean, the, 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 the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s can, can be, okay, you need to do it this way, but you need those young muscles, you know. And so they, they, they repent after Haggai and Zechariah bring that, that, that message to them. They were as apathetic, I think, during those 16 years as the church at Laodicea, as the church in 21st century America. Are we apathetic? H have we worked on everything else except for... Um, you know, the work of, uh, of the kingdom, of Christ's kingdom. I think many times we, we, we do, you know, but we see God did not give up on them and God's not going to give up on us. But what did it take? Haggai came with a pretty strong message and, and it may be that God has a strong message for us, you know, a kick in the pants, or a swat in the pants to say, what, what are you doing? Or is this what you really need to, to be involved in? But we see God doesn't, He doesn't abandon His people. And what brings them back? The Word of the Lord. I heard one preacher say, you know, when I get, when I start feeling like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just, I'm not into it. He said the number one thing that brings him back is, the Bible, to, to, to read, whether it's from Psalms, whether it's, it's accounts, you know. Sometimes it's easy. Everybody's brain is different. I relate to historical narratives, and it's like, oh, man, can I see myself in, the, in those people, you know? Anybody identify with Simon Peter? I mean, one second he's... He's, he's saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in the next breath, he's, he's telling Jesus, oh, no, 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 you're not going to go up there and die. 
I mean, just, he lets a little servant girl back him down and he denies Christ. And, and then less than two months later, he's standing in Jerusalem preaching to the whole city. Of course, after he's received the Holy Spirit. But, but that, that we see, often we can see ourselves in, in characters that are in accounts that, 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 that happened years ago you know, in, in the history of, of Israel and in the history uh, of the church, their neighbors noticed what they were doing. Do our neighbors notice what we're doing? You know, whether it's our church or, or as individuals, do they notice what we're doing? Okay, I know the answer to that one. Yes, they do. They, they know what we're doing. They see what we're doing. <laughs> what, what does this... Tell me, does this... Um, Speak to you in a different way. Does this, what, what do you see in, in this passage? It's, it's, if you like history, then it's, it's, it's interesting history of, oh, this is the temple. They're building the temple that Jesus worshipped in or went to. That, that the, until 70 A.D., you know, so, so for, you know, almost 600 years, they're, they're using this temple after it's built. But is there, is there anything else that we can, can glean from it? What does it teach us about God? And, but what do the characters teach us or, or show us? Or, um, Okay, you're going to have to take numbers if you, yeah, to answer. Very true. There, there's parallels in, in Ezra to, well, the Bible in general, but I, but I think also to, to, to us today, 
Cyrus the Great is, 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 a, is a picture, a, a much lesser picture to the great king, the one true righteous king, Jesus, who Cyrus sent him back to build the temple. Christ told Peter, on this rock I will build my church. That it's, that it's Christ's church. We, we see in, in chapter 2 that list of names, and, it, and it's sort of a parallel to the Lamb's book of life. We, and, and now we get into, to, you know, 4 and 5 and, and, the, and the opposition, the adversaries, the discouragement. Is there anything today that discourages believers, Christians, the church, That yeah. doesn't. True. <laughs> what about the pandemic? How has it affected, you know, churches and individuals? Just the discouragement of, oh my gosh, what do we do? And and it's it's I think it's being used to to uh, you know by Satan, maybe even originated that he gave whoever the idea, call it whatever you know, virus you want to call it. And it's like, what, what has it done? But did the adversaries here stop God's plan? No. And what did, what did Jesus tell them? The gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. That nothing is going to stop the kingdom of, of Christ. So, so though it, we may be in times of discouragement, God's Word can pick us up and encourage us and instruct us and because we, we know that, that Christ has already overcome sin and death and, and that He will come, that small rock uncut by human hands that is going to, to grow into a great mountain and cover the whole, the whole earth, that the kingdom of Christ when it comes will be, you know, everlasting. We'll look at Darius, and you can say it either way, Darius or Darius, and I think I probably alternate weeks, one week it's Darius and one week it's Darius, but we'll look at Darius's uh, reply next week. If you get a chance, read it, read ahead and compare it to Cyrus's decree, because Darius at least one-ups Cyrus and his decree, and it's it's almost kind of like a, a little chuckle that, that you get there in there. Um, so, so read it. If you, if you get a chance, read the, 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 the message of Haggai. It's only two chapters, four little sermons. And if you're really, you know, feeling bold, read Zechariah. And it's because they are contemporaries. They're the ones that came in preaching. And, and, and Haggai is like... Um, I don't know, almost like a Jonathan Edwards type, sinners in the hands of an angry God. He pounds it home. And, and Zachariah's a little different. Um, you don't teach no. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Now we just thank you for your word and God, how it reminds us that you are in control of all things, that you don't abandon your people no matter how apathetic we may become, that you, you sent your spirit to indwell believers, that your spirit moves and convicts us 
So God, may we be sensitive to that, to that conviction that you place in our lives on, on things that we should be doing for you. God, just move us from our, from our apathy, set our, our feet in motion to, to uh, just do the, the task that you've gifted each of us individually to do whether it be reaching out to, to the lost or encouraging other believers, God, may, may we be faithful to, to, to just do those things that you call us to do. In Christ's name I pray, amen.